welcome to Nutrition Grad Guide. I'm your host, Shana Sapi, a qualified nutritionist and multi-passionate entrepreneur. I created this podcast to help nutrition grads just like you navigate your way into a career and a life that you love. In each episode, I'm going to bring you interviews with experts in the nutrition and health field, exploring a range of different career pathways. We'll learn about what they do, how they got there, and their advice to help you grow a successful career as a nutritionist or a natural health professional. Thank you for tuning in. This week's guest on the podcast is Cherry Wills, who is a clinical nutritionist who's had extensive experience in the industry, and she's actually one of the pioneers of metabolic balance here in Australia. So I'm very excited to dive deeper into her ins and outs of what she does, how she got to where she is today, learning all about why she's so passionate about bringing metabolic balance to us nutritionists as a tool and helping us use it. Um, yeah, and we'll learn obviously what metabolic balance is. And I did do an episode recently with Sarah McLaughlin talking about how she personally uses it in her practice. So if you haven't checked that out, make sure you listen to that after I finish chatting with Cherry today. But um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to chatting to you, Cherry. Thank you so much for being here. And yeah, it's such an honor to have you. Well, thank you. It's been, it's been, it's really lovely to be here. So yeah, I'm really happy to have a chat and uh, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So let's get started by chatting a little bit about how you first got into the whole nutrition and health space. Um, I think I, like many practitioners, it was actually a personal health journey. Um, I would say, you know, cut it a long story short, probably. Um, I've never really been a very uh, well person, but um, you know, from a very young age, I had exploratory surgery when I was about eight or 10-ish um, on why I was having so many stomach aches. Wow. They actually opened me up and had a look inside, which is kind of bizarre when you think about it now that they would do that, but they did. Wow. Um, nobody ever tested me for any kind of food intolerance or what I know now that was a strong gluten intolerance at the time. I don't know whether, I'm, I don't know if I'm celiac because I've never been tested for celiac because I now refuse to eat any wheat in order to test it out. I don't need to have a celiac diagnosis, but you know, it's, I've, had a lot of sort of just general ill health uh, diet, mainly digestive, mainly skin issues with eczema and dry skin and chronic tiredness. So I would say I've probably been tired most of my adult, most of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really when I was in my early 30s that I read a book about nutrition And it was literally that whole light bulb moment. Oh, my God, (laughs) this is me. And then I went to see a a nutritional therapist. Um, This was when I was still living in England. And, yeah, just healed, basically healed myself. Then I went and did the studying. Um, I went back to uni, did the studying in nutritional therapy um, and got my um, advanced diploma in BSc. And then I started up, you know, in my own practice. Um, I've always had a background of science. So I did, I've done, you know, I did a previous degree and a PhD in um, color chemistry and color physics, which I'm not, it sounds an awful lot more boring than it sounds. I'll tell you, I'm not going to go into that. Um, And also then my first job, which it's quite, I always think it's a bit funny how, what, where your path does take you because my first job after I finished my PhD was working for a market research company into food and drink research where I worked in the sensory profiling panel 
um, managing that and basically helping food companies create very tasty and um, totally unnutritious packaged processed foods that made people want to eat them more. So <laughs> I was a, I was actually a little role. Like I, my, I had a role in helping those companies learn how to even change their processed foods to make them even more desirable, which <laughs> looking back, I find it all a little bit ironic that that's what I did do as my first career. Yeah. Um, and then I, yeah, I, I basically healed myself and um, realized the error of my ways, I suppose you could kind of say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, it's almost like consulting with the devil, really. No, they're, they're no good. So it was, um, it, it gave me an incredible insight into helping clients now, though, I have to say. Yeah, would. Knowing what I know, what food companies do, and the, the lengths they go to to make a packet of chips or a packet of biscuits be desirable that people just do not want to stop. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's a lot of science and a lot of money in doing that. So, yeah. yeah, it's imagine. Yeah. Wow, what a turnaround! That's really interesting. But yeah, I can see how that information would be valuable throughout the rest of your career. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's quite interesting just being able to tell people. Do you know that it's not really your fault? Yeah. Um, do you know how much money and how many clever minds go into wanting you to eat more and more and buy more and more? Yeah. Ah, you know, it's like it does take the pressure of people when they realize it's kind of they are drawn down that route so yeah yeah it's a nice approach especially rather than uh, guilting or shaming people for being like no you shouldn't be making those choices it's like I understand why you are making them because they're doing a really good job at making it so appealing (laughs) absolutely yeah and I think because where I found myself now in my practice in the fact you know that I do focus very much on women's health and um, weight loss and um, metabolic balance and metabolic healing um, it's a really crucial place to be able to be in telling people it's not your fault you know it's yes there's a certain degree of personal responsibility we have to obviously pass that on and we want people to know that but at the same time recognizing there's a lot of money and a lot of effort put into making you think you want to eat that more yeah we'll go down that route yeah yeah yes yeah Yeah, I want to chat a little bit more about how you personally went through your own healing journey. So you mentioned you healed yourself. Was that using metabolic balance or was that just with your um, prior nutrition knowledge? So this was actually working with a nutritional therapist, uh, yeah, about 15 15 years ago now. So it was when I was in my early 30s and um, she didn't do metabolic balance. So I had just heard about general nutritional healing and we, it was very much a gut healing, removing wheat as the main real thing, doing um, sort of adrenal support um, and um, just clean eating, cleaning up my diet. I used to eat a lot of sugar. I had a terrible diet, I have to say. Um, and uh, so cleaning up my diet a hell of a lot and really um, just slowly getting better and better. Um, I would actually say then I did my own training. And of course, whenever you go through uni, anybody who's gone through uni would know that they you try all sorts of things. You come away from a lecture going, oh, my God, I've got to get that. Oh, I've got to do that supplement. Oh, I'm so going to do that. That's so me. 
And so <laughs> there's always those little light bulb moments and quick testing out of something on myself just to see what happens. And then if you, oh, it didn't really work on, oh, no, that's not quite me actually at all. But um, so there was that obviously through uni and through those sort of four years of um, the slow incremental healing that was also continuing to happen. Yeah. But I graduated in uh, 2011 yeah. and it was in 2012 that I then heard about metabolic balance. Yeah. And that was then when I did my own metabolic balance as part of my training. Yeah. And I will definitely say it was doing that that actually gave me a massive leap mm. in where I actually took my healing yeah. because I'd got so far and I'd done well. But this was also through uni. And I think a lot of people may relate to this. When I did my MB panel, because you have to do a blood test to actually get your, um, your, your um, metabolic balance plan. Yeah. And when I did that blood test at the, just at, in 2012, I had a TSH. I think my TSH from memory was about 4.75. Yeah. <laughs> I had so many markers out of whack. I was very much adrenally fatigued with significant subclinical hypothyroid. Um, my immune, um, my full blood count, I'm also remembering that was a few markers out there as well. Right. It was not a great panel for somebody that's supposedly come out of learning and really supposed to be this beacon of healthiness. Yeah, I wasn't, it really wasn't good reading. Um, and I think that's really it's so common that a lot of times that the studies so intense that a lot of practitioners almost lose their own health a little bit through the study. And it's, you know, you try your best. You're all, we're always trying our best. Um, but actually it was when I did my own plan and really stuck to that for, I think that, you know, just three weeks was all it took. Cause it wasn't anything really significant that I had to completely change, but it completely reset myself and um yeah I've never I've never looked back since that time yeah incredible and for anyone who may not know how would you describe what metabolic balance is I would say that it's a um a functional pathology analysis for a practitioner to really identify the right foods for their clients that's in front of them to eat yeah. so that they can properly get that cornerstone of their of their treatment protocol which has to be the diet i 100% believe that any natural medicine corn and any natural medicine protocol mm -hmm. has to have as a fundamental grounding cornerstone what is the what is the client eating what are you getting that client to eat breakfast lunch and dinner yeah um, and if you know, that is what metabolic balance really does for a practitioner. It identifies that. And then you can fully take that client in a really natural and a really um, uh, supported way, you know, to, to in, enhance it further as you need to as a practitioner. Because there will always be times that a, a client needs extra adrenal support or maybe extra hormonal support or something along those lines or extra gut healing. Yeah. But actually, if unless you've got that diet right first, all of those extra, you know, additional stuff, they're kind of not going to always get the benefits we want to see. 
and yeah. it'll only take you so far. So, yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Such a great tool. It really does sound incredible. And do you use it with all of your clients now? I would say that I use it, I consider it for all yep. of my clients is probably the best um, way of describing it. Um, because at the end of the day, what you are doing is quite a prescriptive diet. And you are asking a client to very much follow this, these foods, only eat these foods for a set period of time. Yeah. And that's not always what you want for every client. You know, you have to meet a client exactly for what they need. I would say that now in my practice, because um, I'm so well known for metabolic balance within my community, that's what a lot of people come to me for. Um, I'd probably say it's about 90% metabolic balance, 10% not. Mm -hmm. um, because I do, I, I like to give people the genuine option of what is right for them. And sometimes we can just do a few simple tweaks. You know, you can do a few, let's just get you on a nice magnesium B-fit sport. Oh, and suddenly your headaches have gone. You know, it's, you never quite know what little subtle tweaks are actually going to help somebody. But if I really, if anybody says they have any kind of degree of inflammation or that, you know, I, I really feel that the diet is influencing that in any way, which pretty much happens for everybody, to be honest. Um, or if there's any degree of weight loss needed, mm -hmm. um, I know the safest, the most effective, um, the healthiest way is to get the body to release the weight, not lose it. Um, yeah. We want to have a genuine fat burning. We want to protect muscle. We want to have great anti-aging. We want to really support them into the future. Um, and I want to empower my clients. And I think one is, you know, using even the word empower for some people, they say, I, I said this to somebody recently and they sort of said to me that, oh, that's such an overused term, empower people. And I'm like, well, actually, but that is what it is. That is exactly what MB is because you are genuinely teaching somebody what they can eat and what will really work for them in terms of their food. Yep. And what better way to empower somebody to look after their own health Yep. and actually know how to nourish themselves. Um, so that's really kind of probably where my, my practice is and, and, and why I'm so passionate about it. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned it's quite a prescriptive diet. Is it the sort of thing that they just have to follow for a set amount of weeks and then they can start to reintroduce the other foods or is it something that you recommend continuing with going forward? Uh, this is really all down to the skill of the practitioner in how they support everybody through MB. Because, yes, in the beginning stages, it is fairly prescriptive because you want change. Yeah. You have to prescribe the right foods to get them the change that they need. Yeah. But the key real benefits comes from that client knowing how to move forward once they've got the change. How yeah. can they really maintain it? How can they stay in a really great, healthy place? Yeah. So, you know, part of the, you know, I used to probably in my early days of using MB, I never quite grasped the importance of phase three because um, phase, so it's a four phase program. I should sort of backtrack a little bit and give you a bit more detail, sorry. Okay. <laughs> it's a four phase program. So the first phase is where somebody goes through um, a little bit of a detox. It's a two day 
let's get you prepared to start. We're having a bit of a bowel cleanse and we're really sort of avoiding binge eating and we're sort of really getting the mindset into the right place. Yeah. We then move into what's called the strict phase. And this is what I term as the change phase. So while somebody really wants the change, yes, you, you follow your foods because those are the foods that are truly anti-inflammatory for you and really allow things to, um, to move and be different. And that's where people start to feel what their body should feel like, what it's like to not have headaches, what it's like to fall asleep easily at night and stay asleep. It's yeah. all of these benefits of getting that, um, getting health back. But of course, it's impossible to say they're going to stay sticking to a food list. I personally would be slightly horrified if somebody thought that because that's yeah. not really great quality of life. I mean, like, yeah. oh my gosh, if I had to just stick to a food list, I don't think I'd be doing what I was doing. You know, yes, <laughs> well, it's, you know, it would be no. Yeah. Um, so you then want to move them into what's called the relaxed phase, which I like to term the experimental phase. Because this is where the practitioner really comes in. It's so, so important because you are really helping guide them to start to, start to experiment with what other foods are going to work well for them. Because we now, from the MB food list, we know the ideal foods that they can eat. Yeah. But there are also going to be other neutral foods because I term foods as being either beneficial, um, some dangerous or neutral. Yep. Dangerous foods are like, to me, my danger food is gluten. If I go near gluten, oh my goodness, my body just does not like it. It's just yep. all starts to collapse. Yep. So I know I'm not going to go near gluten, but to be honest, that's pretty much my own real, and also the processed foods, obviously all the ultra processed rubbishy foods, they sit, sit in the danger food area too. You don't want to go there near those very often. Yeah. But generally, whole healthy you know seasonal lovely produce that's a lot of that is all very neutral to me it's like I know that I can really look after myself by eating both my beneficial metabolic balance foods and then really having lovely quality of life by also including all the other foods yep. but staying away from my danger foods and to be honest if you if we as practitioners can genuinely take clients on that journey yeah. to learn, first of all, get the healing, to really start to feel what their body should be working like, what clarity of mind, what energy, what um, being able to, not being in pain actually genuinely feels like, because a lot of people have feel terrible most of the time. Mm. Um, and then take them on that journey to say, now you know how to live a great lifestyle that has that real balance of 80-20 rule. You know, you can still have your kid's birthday cake and, and enjoy, you know, your wedding anniversary. But then when you go back to work, you know what you're going to be eating because that's a normal day and you're just going to get your, yourself sorted and you're going to have your breakfast as normal. Yep. That to me is how you take them into phase four of metabolic balance and phase four is maintenance yeah and metabolic balance is just let's just get somebody knowing the lifestyle that really means that they can do well and feel great and and navigate what they need to do at any point in time in a very natural and healthy way for them yeah 
Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. And it's great that it does sort of center around that education. And as you said, empowering people to have those tools mm-hmm. going forward, yeah. And yeah, knowing what works for them and really helping them become more in tune with their body. Yeah, yeah. I, I think as being a sort of somebody that can probably being that coach that um, that you can walk alongside your client, so to speak, yeah. and be that just be there to answer the questions and guide them, correct, you know, help them with extra supplemental support when they need it. Yeah. Um, but I'm not really very interested in just having a list of clients that have to come to me to find an answer you yeah. know, all the time. Yeah. I actually really do want to just help as many people as possible be able to be the CEOs of their own health yeah. with then the knowledge that when they get a bit unstuck or when they're not sure about something, they have got, you know, they can ask me the question and I will give them a truly genuine answer that's in their best interests. Yeah. I mean, I don't have any, um, I don't have any desire to be endlessly selling lots of supplements or um uh, yes, there are always a place for supplements. Don't get me wrong. I know with some, I personally need supplements in my life. <laughs> I, you know, that's just the way my body works, but I know targeted, I know what it needs. I know how much, and that's what I kind of want clients to become very intuitive, to be able to be able to lean in to, okay, I recognize this symptom is popping up again. I think I need to take a bit more of that again, or I just need to cut back on that. Or I maybe I'll just go back onto my, you know, the strict phase two for two weeks just to reset myself because I know those foods and I'm just going to do it. Yeah, That's the type of thing that really makes a difference, I think. Yeah, absolutely. That's brilliant. And so let's rewind a little bit. You did your metabolic balance course. You were still at England in England at the time. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then you started incorporating this extra tool into your practice. Like what happened Mm -hmm. after that? We got a bit sidetracked there, but this is good. (laughs) Yeah, we did. So yeah, so that was all in uh, 2012 and I was building up my practice quite nicely in Oxfordshire. Um, And then my husband and I and my two boys, we decided we'd have a bit of an adventure and move to Australia, kind of. And it really was a, um, a leap of just adventure. It was, we had we have no family here, we had no contacts. Um, we kind of packed everything up and just all moved and just moved. Wow. And the first year I would say I was in Australia, I probably didn't do much practicing. When I arrived in Australia, I didn't even know the practitioner supplements. I didn't know, I didn't know, I was so, you know, yes, I'd been a practitioner in England, but it is completely different in terms of any of the support, any of the companies, um, and I didn't know anything. Yeah. Um, so I had to get my qualifications converted to Australian and get everything sorted. So, you know, I'd say probably for the first year, I sort of plodded along, just did a little bit. Yeah. But then, you know, I'd already um, gone in touch with the, um, the people who had the um, metabolic balance, so managed the program in Australia. Um, and I'd sort of already laid the lines that I would just use metabolic balance when I arrived in Australia. Yeah. Um, but when I came here, it was a very unknown program. Um, the, the, the person who, who had the license before, he was a, um, uh, a cardiovascular surgeon and um, very, you know, very clever man, but I don't think he really had the, um, was able to 
to properly market MB and get the training happening because he was also working within the health field. So there's a bit of that conflict of interest because at the end of the day, MB is a commercial program. We are doing, yes, it's a functional uh, pathology analysis, but it's still a program that people buy. So there's that little bit of conflict. So it, it never, it never took off here before, you know, and when I arrived, I was the only person in Queensland who was doing metabolic balance. And I think there was maybe two or three other people in um, South Australia who were using it, but not really very much. And um, there was no training happening at all for practitioners. But, you know, it didn't bother me. I just talked to, to, talk to clients about it. I just did my own little, in my own little niche here, I built up my practice from nothing um, just because of the word of mouth of that. And very soon I was having people traveling across Brisbane to, to work with me and coming up from New South Wales and all that kind of stuff because I was the only place that they could do it. Yeah. Um, then in 2017, um, I always remember it was a January evening and I opened up an email and there's this email saying um, from the previous uh, license owner saying, yeah, we're not doing a metabolic balance anymore in Australia. Um, it's not what we want to do anymore. And I was literally like, I just remember my heart just sinking to the ground, just like going, oh, my God. I was just like, because I had like all these people lined up. It's just January. This was like New Year resolutions. I had all these people <laughs> wanting plans. And suddenly I got this email saying I might not be able to use it wow. in Australia. And so it didn't take me long. <laughs> I quickly got in touch with head office in Germany and had a few conversations. And um, I sorted out all the pathology that I needed for it, uh, in, that I needed. And cut a long story short, about three months later, I, I signed and took on the, the program here because I kind of initially, I was, a, I'll be honest, initially, I was a bit like, well, I'm just a practitioner. You know, I'm not sure I'm a I'm not sure I can do this. I can't take on this whole program and train other practitioners up. But then it kind of like was just kind of dawning on me. I adore this program. Yeah. I really want more people across Australia and New Zealand to have access to it. But, you know, just me looking after people in my own little corner of corner here is only so much this benefit's going to have. Um, the only way you're really going to get more people helped um, is by empowering other practitioners to to use the program. Yeah. So anyway, I yes, I took on the license and I started training up fellow practitioners. And it's just it is a it is a joy. Um, it's like everything. It's always it's it's hard. There's a lot of work. Um, and I always try my best. Um, I am very passionate about sharing as much knowledge as I can possibly share. Yep. I decided from the very get-go that I was literally going to give practitioner exactly how I do it. Yep. Um, I wasn't going to hold back in any way. I because if you know, for people to be su successful, if you give them a great launching pad. Yep. With then great mentoring support, you can they can hit the ground running, so to speak. Um, I didn't get any mentoring when I did the training at all. I did one, you know, I did the weekend training in London, 
And then it was a little bit of a trial and error <laughs> learning a bit. It was a little bit of the, oh, okay, I really need to, um, okay, maybe I didn't quite say the right thing to that client. It was a, it was a big learning curve, massive learning curve. Yeah. And I just decided I would give what I wished I'd had, I suppose, is, is a way of also saying it. So yeah. I do um, really try my best. Um, I'm not definitely not perfect. I make mistakes, but I try my best to always give as much support as I can and to, um, to really help practitioners have a good business. Because it's MB is not just about the client. That's yeah. the thing. And I think you got that from Sarah. I, yeah. You know, I did. I, I listened to your lovely podcast with Sarah um, and I think you've got a really great insight into how incredible it is for the practitioner. Yeah. Um, it's Definitely. because it's not just always about clients. We have to have the practice, the business that really supports both practitioner whilst getting amazing results for clients. Yeah. And that's the thing that I think MB is, it's just incredible at doing. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. And so when you are training people, is that an online thing or is it in person or a bit of both? So it used to be all in person because I'm a bit of a people person, as in I'm much more better on one-on-one um, and I love meeting them. So I used to actually, yes, I made the practitioners travel to me in Queensland mm-hmm. and I would teach them and we'd have a really nice time together. Um, well, I enjoyed it anyway. I, I got good feedback, but I don't want to presume. But then, of course, COVID hit. And I will actually say there's always potential benefits, of, you know, and it made me go online. Yeah. And it was probably the best thing, to be honest, because it did open the door uh, to a lot being a lot more accessible to more practitioners. Um, I think even Sarah said in her podcast that, because it was online, she was able to, to do the training. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, at the moment, everything is 100% online. Yeah. And, you know, it works very well. So I'm really not sure whether I will go back to in-person or not. Or maybe I'll do a bit of, you know, an in-person workshop for those that do want to come in person, but do other workshops to train uh, keeping it online. Um, because yes, it does make it, it does mean that anyone in New Zealand or Australia can join me yeah. or any of the training. Yeah. 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 That's a really good thing. And mm. is it live when you do take it online? Like, are you taking it over sort of like a zoom or, um, yeah, are you doing it yeah. in time? So yeah, there's three parts to the training. The first part is where it's all self-directed and, um, you do the, the 16 videos it yep. takes about 12 hours um, but you watch those at your own pace and then you have to pass that's all about the theory that's all taking you through dr Funfax, who's the founder um, it's taking you through all of his um all the theory and um, background behind mb it's yep. it's great refresher for a practitioner to see it from that you know from dr Funfax's point of view and it gives some really good insights yeah um once that's completed, then you join me for a the implementation weekend, um, and that's what's on Zoom. So these are live, yep. joining me live. Um, I again, I like to see people on the screen. I like to be able to then answer questions as and when they it comes they come to people, yep. and um, and that's over a weekend. As soon as that weekend is done, people are officially certified, and they could actually then. 
um, you know, create a plan for their first client. Yep. But the third part is what I strongly encourage every practitioner to do, and that's to do the program yourself. Yeah. Um, once you've done MB yourself, everything really starts to line up. All the little pieces all fall into place. Mm-hmm. Um, and you really become congruent with what you're trying to ask a client to do. Um, you also can become your own walking billboard, so to speak, because, you know, seeing or feeling the changes and your clients seeing the changes in you as well. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's it's very powerful message uh, to see what somebody looks like when they are genuinely healthy from having eaten and really fueled their cells and their whole bodies with the right food, which is exactly what MB is. Yeah, again, that's all it is. Yeah, absolutely amazing. So it is a prerequisite that everyone does their own test when they're doing the course? I I can't make everybody. And I do know there are some practitioners that haven't done it yet for one reason or another, some very good reasons, very, very good reasons. And some, you know, for example, um, if you are pregnant or breastfeeding, um, we don't do MB because of it being a detox issue. We want to protect the baby at all times. So you know, again, we have got practitioners who are pregnant or breastfeeding. So, um, but I just strongly encourage it. I do think that when you are congruent in what you are saying and doing, it comes across. Um, That's, uh, and um, it makes how you talk about something so much more powerful when you come from, from a personal place. It's why personal stories for, from practitioners can work so brilliantly in their marketing. You know, when you actually really talk about it from that personal, genuine place, yeah, um, people just pick up on that. I think even on that really subconscious level, yeah. we pick up on that and we, we want to hear more. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, uh, it's not, I can't make everybody do it at all, but I strongly encourage it, yeah. Yeah, totally makes sense. And I can see why it would be so beneficial to go through it yourself. Yeah. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so what would your average week look like at the moment? You obviously sound very busy busy between the trainings and your own clinical practice. How do you Mm. sort of juggle that all? So I, I mean, my clinic days are uh, Wednesdays and Fridays. Yep. So that's when I see my own clients and there's um, a little bit of a, a, a overflow nest if needed, uh, sort of maybe on Thursday afternoon, but yep. I try to keep those two days. Um, then I do, I mean, it is a, a quite a bit of admin behind the scenes in supporting clients. I do um, practitioner mentoring sessions on a uh, Tuesday and a Thursday morning for those practitioners that want to talk through cases with me. Okay. Um, and that is always open for, um, that's part of what I kind of, the support I want to give people. When, when a practitioner has a client that they're just not quite sure of what's, what to do or how to tweak this or what might be going on, I have got a lot of experience. I, and I think often it's a little, sometimes it's a bit of reassurance just from me saying, oh, do you know, I think that'll be fine. Or just saying, well, why don't you tweak it this way? Why don't you suggest they add this in or slightly impre- increase that or whatever it might be? Yeah. So that also takes up um, uh, some of my time. I um, 
the trainings, I do the trainings um, usually about eight weekends of the year I'm doing the training. So that's, um, this, they're very intense when I do them, but um, it's a, you know, I do love those weekends to get to talk about MB to people who want to hear what I have to say. Yeah. It's really nice to have a, <laughs> having a captive audience that wants to hear you. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just, a lot of admin stuff probably the rest of the time. I try to um, uh, do the obviously the social media and that kind of thing. That's all part of, and I've got now support. I've got um, I've got assistants that help me with that to, to improve that. So um, and I do also try to keep that work life balance, which I don't always get right. Um, I think you know you easily get sucked into working late or. Um, answering emails and things like that but trying to keep that work-life balance so that you actually can not get burnt out I do not have strong adrenals I know that if I am not if I'm not careful my adrenals can very quickly fall over (laughs) so I have to be careful with my own health and that's part of experience isn't it as well just um and knowing how to how to support yourself yeah and yourself as well honoring yourself and your boundaries and making sure you mm. after yourself and yeah. walking your talk <laughs> yeah that's what you always try to do but yeah. I'm certainly you know I don't have any kind of perfect diet nobody who knows me would ever say that but I do respect what my body needs that's the I think the the key um but uh yeah so I, I it's it's important to to recognize that in yourself I think what you need yeah, absolutely. So, so important. Mm. What would you say are some of like the key skills that have helped you throughout your career and through both um, clinical practice and all that you do with metabolic balance? I, I always try to be really honest. Yeah. I am really, I try to be really honest with clients um, and with anybody. Um, yeah. If I don't know something, I will say I don't know it. Um, you know, even you could say, oh, yeah, I don't want to admit I don't know something, but if I don't know what a medication is for that some clients or some medical procedure they've had or some condition, I will literally say, I haven't heard of that. What is, what is that? Yeah. Um, because you are talking to the experts of their own health. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not afraid to actually say, I don't know yeah. if I don't know something yeah. and I will find it out for you. So, um, and I think a lot of clients do really respect the honesty that I do bring to practice and being, um, you know, I, I cannot recommend anything to anybody if I don't believe it's in their full interest either. Yeah. So I've always been very much of clients, look, I don't think you need that right now, or look, I only want to do this because I really think this is needed, but I will not, I haven't always done that. I will be honest that. The early stages, I used to go down this route of a lot of supplements, but I very quickly realized it didn't make me feel good. It wasn't right. And I changed and I very much became much more tailored and honed in on what is in the client's best interest. And that is my absolute paramount, you know, top priority. Yeah. Um, because that comes back to you tenfold. You yeah. can actually not sell somebody a supplement and they will appreciate it so much more and tell their friends that they need to see you because they can trust that you're not going to just sell them a bucket load of supplements. So yeah. <laughs> it does, that congruity, I think, does come come back to you. 
Yeah. The other thing I'd probably say is actually learning to see my business as a business and learning to become a business woman. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I would say when I first started out, like many, it was all, oh, I just want to help people. (laughs) I don't want to talk about money. Oh, oh no, if I, if only I could just, just give it for free and um, being very shy about what I was, what my, what was, you know, what the costs were. Um, And I, you know, that's never going to serve anybody because we are, you know, put thousands of dollars into our education. We know an awful lot to help people and actually putting yourself as a business and seeing anything you bring into your business as as an investment as well. Yeah. Um, It's like if you if you really start to hone your niche, if you decide to properly have a vision of the type of practitioner or where you want to be, it makes decisions as well of what you bring into your business or what training you do. Really very simple. Um, I would say one of the things, the pitfalls that a lot of times I see practitioners fall into is that, is this feeling you don't know enough? I still don't know enough. I still don't think I know enough about the thyroid. I've got to do that course on thyroid. Oh, my God, that course is going to sort it out for me because I'll learn how to do that. Now, I have to do this course. I have to get that bit of paper. But you still don't really get the confidence because confidence only happens by doing. Yeah. You only way you get confident with clients is actually being with a client and then repeating that that um, experience and then seeing another client and then trying something else. So until you start doing, you're not going to get confident. Yeah. So you have to actually be in that confident place. You know an awful lot more than the person sat in front of you Mm. and they are looking to you for help. So I'm going to give it to them. I'm going to give them my best possible knowledge. Um, You know, as Maya Angelou, I don't know if you know Maya Angelou, the um, American poet, she died a couple of years ago, but uh, she wrote the book, I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings, which is a great book to read. But anyway, she said, do your best. And when you know better, you do better. Yes. It's always been my kind of way. I'm just going to do my best. I will keep everything in their best interests and I'll, I'll see what happens. Um, And so seeing your, your business as a genuine business that needs investment. Otherwise, if you don't invest in it, how are you going to ever make any money? You wouldn't ask a plumber to go and be a plumber unless he's got all the equipment he needs. So why would you be a nutritionist or a naturopath unless you've got the tools you need to do the job? Yeah. And people respect that. They respect the fact that you have invested in your business mm. and then you're putting yourself out there to to help help them. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Does that kind of answer that question? <laughs> so I feel like I went on a little bit of a ramble. No, it was brilliant. And so many questions have come out of that as well that I want to ask you. One of those being, how did you sort of shift into that business mentality where you are? Um, you did see yourself as a businesswoman and start to take mm. your business seriously. To be honest, it was probably when I really realized I needed to make some money. <laughs> it was, uh, I, it was, it came from a necessity. Um, yep. 
in 2016. So my husband has always been in IT and he has always earned a fairly decent, you know, we were comfortable, you know, and I didn't, and I probably could sit back a little bit and be that sort of, well, I'll just, you know, I'll do a few clients here and there and, you know, I'll, I'll, I don't really want to talk about money and, you know, it's fine if I don't make any money this week kind of thing. Yep. But anyway, he then um, left his job quite uh, suddenly because of a toxic work environment. And um, it was a suddenly, okay, Cherry, you know, you need to earn some money. And I was just like, <laughs> okay, I need to look after my family here. Yeah. And it was probably the best thing that happened because it was, that really was where I just thought, you know what? I have got real, um, I, I can really help people and yes, they can pay me. So yes, I put my prices up. Yes, I got busier and busier and busier. Yeah. Um, and it was, yeah, it was necessity, but also it was a bit of a, a revelation in some ways in my own head that my, issue, my issues with money were totally my issues. Mm. Nothing to do with any other, anybody else. They were all my issues. Yeah. So, um, yeah, getting that sort of probably realization and just, yeah, knowing, knowing what I wanted. Actually, it was the knowing what I wanted and knowing I could genuinely help people. Yeah. Um, the more people you help, the more stories you hear that are more heartbreaking all the time. And yeah. then you realize, oh, my God, this woman is not alone in the world. There are thousands of women like her or there's thousands of people like her. Yeah. And that's, again, where my passion comes from, because I know the, the people I see in my clinic are in every suburb of Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. You know, they are all over. And when you hear those real heartbreaking stories of women, and I, I do work predominantly with women, but it's not just women. It's so many people yeah. um, don't have don't know what to do. They are feeling lost. And they've tried all sorts of things. And yes, they've spent an awful lot of money, but they're still not got the results. Um, that's where I just think, oh my God, get them on MB. <laughs> get, yeah. them on, get them eating right. Yeah. Let's just get, get them eating what they need to eat. And, um, and then you just, you hear those beautiful stories come back at you that, you know, I, I've just got it like a client who got a, uh, three clients in the last three months have all got promotions at work. Amazing. And it, or, or new jobs. Two of them got promotions. Another one's got a completely new job that she's thrilled to bits with, Fantastic. which I know, I'm sure they would never have had the confidence to even go for with the way they were feeling before. Yeah. And yet because they get, they feel good, they are energized, they are clear headed. They are just happier with how their bodies, whole bodies are feeling. They're off for it. They're going for it. Um, that's really where I suppose my passion comes from. An yeah. awful lot. Yeah. Yeah. It mm -hmm. is so amazing hearing those stories and being like, yes, I'm doing the right thing and helping people. And there's so many people yeah. out there who do but need. But you're then getting the genuine compensation. You're actually yeah. being properly compensated yeah. for it. Yeah. And that's the, that's the real beauty of it. Yeah. Um, because otherwise I think you can get lost in this, um, well, I'm giving so much and I'm, you know, why am I still not able to pay the rent or why can't I, you know, go for that meal out with my girlfriends because I've got to pay for your kids' shoes or something. Yeah. But you can have a great income 
when the mindset is in the right place. I do believe that. Definitely. Yeah. And it is so important and something I really think we need to talk more about too, because we shouldn't be ashamed to charge and um, yeah, money is so important for everyone. And it also makes value more when they come to you and they're paying money. They value that information and that assistance more than they would if they were just hearing it for free. So it really is helpful. You know, even even when you think about it, I find it's kind of like so bizarre that we are, uh, that we can be so sort of reticent about asking for money for a you know, really helping somebody change their whole health and whole yep. future. Yep. Um, but we wouldn't ever think twice about paying the electrician or the plumber to sort out whatever they, we ask them to do, you know, and they charge all. <laughs> I'm like, they are business people in themselves. Yeah. But we don't, you know, we pay them. Yeah. But, oh, no, we couldn't possibly charge more than $40 or something crazy to actually genuinely change somebody's whole day because they suddenly don't have the stomach cramps anymore or they're not rushing to the toilet for the diarrhea or whatever they might be having. Yeah. Um, it's um, It really is properly, we are a business. And when you see yourself as a business that it really does empower people, you can hold your head up. You can say it with pride. You can actually, yes, I help people with their food to know what to eat. And yeah. let them be have a great future. Yeah, it's it's an incredible um, statement to be able to make, really. Yeah, I think you really hit the nail on the head there too, because we're not just charging them for that one hour or an hour and a half or half no. however long they're coming to see us for. We're charging no. them the information that can then go on to change their life, as you said, no. really transform. Yeah. Their life. yeah, this is this this is. One of the things I often talk to my initial, um, to my clients about is, you know, where do you see yourself in a year's time? You know, if you were to think right now, where do you see yourself in five years time? Where, you know, if you were to be totally honest with where your health is taking you, you know, think about where your parents are now. Is that where you want to be? Um, Or do you want something different? Do you want to be able to play with your grandkids? Do you want to be able to do that walking holiday to Tuscany when you retire? All this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, That's just reminded me of a client who's, he's a very intelligent man. He's 75, but he was very, um, he could hardly, you know, very old. So his mind was crystal clear, but his body was old. Yeah. And he's been doing MB with me now. And you can see the, the spring in his step. Oh. He is now talking about going on holiday when the when the plane when we can fly again, when everything opens up. He yeah. and his wife are planning their holiday to Europe. And oh. he thought he was done with any holidays. Yeah. And I think that is just priceless. It is priceless. So <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah. It's so cute. It's so it cute. Is. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And so I love asking questions about books. Um, and basically you have also already mentioned one, but is there a book that you would recommend that the listeners read? And if so, why? It's quite a few books, I'd probably say. It can um, be like a top three or I, something as well. Yeah. I um, The one that's just springing to mind. Yeah. <laughs> really, I don't know. I just, I think I, I kind of, 
think he's such a great researcher, but it clarified so much for me for adrenal. So this is actually more of a textbook um, in, you know, for learning as opposed to maybe some business book um, because um, there's probably all sorts of business books that you've had people sort of to recommend. But I, um, uh, the, the, um, the books that I like is uh, Robert Sapolsky's mm-hmm. and um, Why... Oh, gosh, I'm going to forget the title properly now. Robert Sapolsky is this incredible um, researcher, American researcher in anthropology. Why zebras don't get ulcers. That's what it is. Why zebras... oh, okay. He also did a great book um, about the baboons. So he did a lot of research on baboons and looking at um, the culture of baboons. It's all about stress, basically. Oh, wow. yeah. The reason I say this stress when you really get stress and the true implications of stress in our society yeah I really do think that that can first of all help both us as practitioners but also try to really get a great understanding of everything that a client might be coming at because I personally do not believe anybody comes in who doesn't have a degree of stress yeah (laughs) I want to meet that person if they're out there I know exactly I'm like you you have to be living on some little extra planet because even just opening up social media can cause a stress response I reckon yeah yeah Yeah. oh that sounds like a really interesting book though and I'll definitely link to the show notes if anyone does want to check that one out yeah um Yeah, amazing. Mm. Why zebras don't get ulcers? I love that. I, I, so he's a he's a very easy author to read. That's the reason I like I like in you know educational books that are super easy to read as yeah. well. They've got to be yes. you know written in a in a style that I can just sit down and happily just dig in and go through. Yeah, um, not get not that dry sort of um, having to study kind of book. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, this has been such a brilliant conversation and I know I've learned a lot and I'm sure the listeners have too. It's been very inspiring hearing how passionate you are about helping people and bringing metabolic balance to people um, and, yeah, just really changing lives through that. But do you have any parting words of advice or wisdom for the listeners? I I was reminded of something today because I was talking to a fellow practitioner um, who is interested in doing MB. Yeah, and um, she and it, it kind of one of the things that I sort of we came when we were chatting, we kind of was talking about the difference. What is being a clinician? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I think there's a lot of pressure on new graduates and um, and nutritional nutritionists today, naturopath nutritionists, to kind of be the researcher, mm-hmm. to actually really. To, to do so much of this research, to understand all of the pathways, to look for the underlying cause. And we do want to look for the underlying cause. Yeah. But the thing that I really think is that we have to remember that we are, well, I am, I'm talking for me, yeah. you know, we are clinicians. We are not actually researchers. Mm. So if you put the pressure on yourself that you have to be a researcher and understand every single minute part of a pathway or minute thing that might be happening for a client. How is that really in the client's interest? Because to be honest, they don't really want need to know. They don't want to know. They, yeah. they actually don't really care a lot of the time. 
what they care about is you being able to genuinely just tell them something to do. Yeah. Please help me feel better. Please tell me what I do when I leave your office. What do I do for breakfast? What do I do for lunch? What do I do for dinner? Yeah. So my advice is probably to think when you are sort of criticizing yourself or saying, I don't know enough, or I got to explain this to clients to somebody. I can't do that because I don't understand it. Yep. To be honest, you just need to be able to be the bridge between, well, this is what I think might be happening. This is where I think we need to focus to be the support. And this is what this is the what I'm going to advise you to do. This is the food. This is the supplement. Yep. To be honest, just being a bridge is what we need. You don't have to go down and be a researcher. That's what people dedicate their 10, 15, 30 years of their life to doing. Yeah. You know, a researcher will literally sit in a uni in a university lab and properly look at all the data. That's not my role. No. <laughs> my role is to help the client sat in front of me actually know what to do. That is what a clinician is. It's not a researcher. Yeah, it's a really good point. What a great way to leave it too. So, so important. (laughs) And where can the listeners find you and follow along all the amazing things you're doing and keep in touch and stay up to date with what you're doing? So that's all with um, Metabolic Balance. So it's one word, Metabolic Balance ANZ is the uh, social media, that's the Facebook and the Instagram um, uh, pages and then um, metabolic-balance.com.au yeah. um, is the website. So um, metabolicbalance.com.au also works as well, actually. So that all goes straight to the same one. Yeah. So yeah, metabolic balance. Fantastic. Yeah. And I will mm-hmm. link to all of that in the show notes and the social posts and everything. Lovely. Thank you. But yeah, thank you so thank much you. for being here today. It's been a brilliant conversation and yeah, I've really enjoyed it. So thank you. No, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I feel like I gained so much valuable insight and advice from it, and I hope you agree. If you did enjoy this episode, please leave me a review and tell me what you think. I would love to hear your feedback. Do you know anyone else that this episode can benefit? I would be so grateful if you share it with them. That way, they too can benefit from all of the insight that we covered today. Your support means so much to me and together we can help even more people build a career and a life that they love. Thank you for being here. Until next time, keep making your dreams a reality.